With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. This is a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. Tonight I'm joined by Colin Watt and Natasha Miko for what will be a regular Friday night show. Colin, 6 o'clock Friday night. Tell me about your week. How's your week been supporting Celtic? I mean, supporting Celtic, it's been uh, it's been decent, um, as Joe Hart would put it. Uh, traffic to the game on Wednesday night was a complete nightmare, but worth it in the end when we got there. Nightmare getting home as well, but you know what? This is what we do week after week because we are followers of Celtic Football Club. Just wish that maybe we'd be able to get the police in to manage the 
the parking round about Parkhead. Then we'd maybe get home a bit quicker and you wouldn't be tired the next day. But hey, we can't complain, Paul. It's the weekend. I've got my you office having on my way for a week. Let's do this. <laughs> you, you just did complain and I'm looking at I know I've got the system. Who's thinking, wait a minute, mate, I was in Norway. Uh, wait, a yeah, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Is Colin actually complaining to me here about his commute to and from Celtic Park on Wednesday night? Because I don't I don't want to one up you, Colin, but there was a slightly more difficult trip just before that, um, in terms of the commute, which I'm sure will come you're on. You're right, to- you're <laughs> right, Natasha. I had a very difficult business trip. I was stuck for a day in Glasgow. I was meant to go to Amsterdam, it got delayed for a day. Or, or not that's not what you're talking about, is it? Nah, not quite. Ah, not quite. No, okay. <laughs> you you went on a business trip to Amsterdam, Colin. Was there any downtime? Did you manage to see any of the, the beautiful city? The architecture, Paul, is beautiful. It's stunning. Um, and I'm not Paul Slain. Right, thank you. I used to go, actually, um, at least once a year uh, with my old football teams to play in tournaments over there. So I've never been back as an adult and I'm pretty sure it would be a different experience, Colin. So thanks for that regarding the architecture. Natasha, Norway. Now, how many fans were there? 400? Yeah, about that. Just talk us through the entire experience of... You know, the whole away day thing in Europe, it's not something every Celtic fan's able to do, right? Um, But there's a real commitment for all the Celtic supporters who are able uh, to go all over the world to watch Celtic. And I know that you do it on a regular basis yourself, Natasha. You see some of the beautiful cities where we're, we're playing games all over Europe. This was a bit different. I mean, yourself and our David from the Axon team both went to the game, both bared the elements, Talk to us about the travel, the fact that it didn't even look as though you were going to get there, and the whole experience of the match, and then getting home. Oh, well, to be honest, I think I'm just about still recovering at this stage. I think today's probably the first day I've actually felt back to full health, which probably says all you need to know about the trip in general. But um, we do some crazy things because we love this football club, um, and this was one of them. Um, I've said before I'd encourage anyone to do an away trip, and it's not that people can do it that easily. I'm fully aware of the the time commitments, the annual leave commitments, the cost commitments, the childcare commitments, all of these things that go with that doesn't make it easy. But it was an option for me to do this trip and the charter flight made it relatively straightforward. So we thought, you know, mm. you you get the the plan was the flight at seven in the morning back after the game. Um watch Celtic go to victory and it all makes sense. I mean that was the plan. Um unfortunately none of it worked out like that. Um so we, we arrive at the airport early. The mood, the mood is still very good. The, the one thing I would say, though, is everybody knew how cold it was going to be. So you have everyone in more layers than they've ever worn walking through Glasgow Airport at five in the morning. And for a lot of people, their way of layering was just pretty much wearing every Celtic top that has been released between now and 1990. <laughs> so there's guys sitting in the, the bars in the, the airport at five and six in the morning, taking off layer after layer of hoop as it gets warmer and warmer in the airport and more drinks are drank. Um, and that was probably one of the highlights that all went downhill from there. Um, <laughs> not, not really. Um, so the flight the flight was, was fine most of the way. Um, it's always good for for a song and a catch up with a lot of people and we just about made it to to landing in Bodo when there started to be a rumour going around the plane that the plane was in fact turning around and going in the wrong direction now 
you couldn't actually hear the pilot over the tannoy, so that wasn't a source of information for us. So the rumour started circling that we were, in fact, going to Trondheim um, because Bodo Airport was shut. And fortunately, that, that did happen. We got most of the way to Bodo, turned around, then landed in Trondheim. And a lot of people had hit their duty-free purchases so hard they had no idea whether we were in Trondheim or Bodo. Um, people were ready to get off the plane, and the guys... Um, and Tron time at the Brackback Celtic Supporters Club were, were offering mm-hmm. us gigs to go and watch the game, so shout out to them. But eventually got on our way again. A few attempted landing attempts in Bodo. We were on our third out of three, we believe. A lot of instructions were getting given to the pilot about how to get the plane down on the ground to make sure we made the game. Thankfully, he didn't listen to most of them uh, and landed us safely in Bodo with roughly 15 minutes to spare before the game. Is this, um, the, is this the same kind of people that would be telling James Forrest, just hit the byline, son, hit the byline? And just imagine them be? shouting to the pilot, just get the wheels on the ground, we'll balance it, it'll be fine. <laughs> how hard can it be to land a plane of 200, 300 people in gale force winds and snowstorms and a runway that's frozen? I mean, how hard can it have been to have ah, that? Nonsense. <laughs> the, I say, nonsense. The dedication is unbelievable. We, we did see yourself... And your sister popping up on the telly at about 60-odd minutes of the game. Yes. Now, um, now, I look a lot happier than I was feeling in, in, those, <laughs> in those screenshots that I was getting sent made me look a lot happier than I was, and that must have had something to do with the, the duty-free being consumed on the way over. But um, it was the coldest I've ever been. It was freezing. The hail was coming in. Um, we were playing terribly. Uh, I've had better 90 minutes than I really have. And some of the, the punters were in their shorts, am I right? I can confirm, of course, you know, it was a flight from Glasgow. What do you expect? Of course, there were people in shorts. Yes, it was minus 12. Yes, it was snowing. But there were people in shorts. Um, I tell you, I gave the, the Norwegians some entertainment. If you can imagine an ice rink with a layer of slush on it was the route to the game. Mm. If you can imagine... A group of people who had 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 a few drinks trying to walk there as quickly as they could to make the game. Um, Majority of them spent a lot of time on the ground, soaking, freezing. Um, I gave the Norwegians some entertainment, I'll tell you that. Listen, the the commitment, Colin, is, I know you've done your away days, (laughs) but the commitment is astonishing, right? Tell us, Natasha, on the Friday you were working, at (laughs) at what time did you start your work? Um... Hope my employer isn't listening. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, so I got home um, the very, very, very early hours of the, the Friday morning. I want to say maybe about six in the morning by the time we got back um, wow. and was fresh and ready to go for, for my calls at nine. That's incredible. Honestly, I take my hat off to everybody who went. And I think, you know, on a serious note, though, and I'll throw this to yourself, Colin. I mean, like Natasha says there, people plan holidays around it, childcare, obviously your finances, you get and you go there and then we play almost a second string. <laughs> what was your thoughts on that? Because all week, and I know we're going back a wee bit, but Natasha, you've not had a chance to talk about your experience and it's a slightly different experience than us watching it on the telly. Um, what was your thoughts on that? Because all week we had heard Colin about it's half time, we can win the tie and then we didn't put a team out. I mean, Stephen Will started, he wasn't even on the bench, um, you know, on Wednesday night. So it was like not a completely second string, but it was definitely a weakened side. Do you think uh, the fans should feel hard done by? Those cold fans getting home with their socks still wet, 
<laughs> Natasha will confirm, and Declan's watching as well. He'll let you know that the worst part of going away to watch Celtic is actually the ninety minutes of watching the game. <laughs> the best bit is the the trip. It's visiting the city. It's uh, experiencing the culture. Um, and ninety-nine times out of hundred, that's the worst bits of the game because we get beat anyway. Um, there'll always be that sort of one-off night, like Anderlecht away or Rome, uh, when we beat Lazio, uh, which Paul often likes to bring up uh, because I was at that game. Mm. Um, but look, it's very difficult to work out Ange and how he approaches games now, because he'll tell you one thing. And he'll maybe be not saying a complete and utter lie, but he'll be kind of leading you down this garden path for you to think, well, this is actually how we're going to approach it. But in his head, he knows this is actually what we're going to do. We're actually going to put a team out. And you saw the bench that was there as well. It was a case of, well, do you know what? If we get a goal, if we're looking to maybe get that second one to get us the extra time, we'll bring on the reinforcements. But instead, his his head, in my opinion, was on the game at Easter Road on Sunday, and that's what sort of made that result more disappointing. Ah, it definitely did. Declan McConville obviously has done a fair bit of travelling himself, and he comes in to say at least it was sunny at Easter Road. It um, actually looks like Amsterdam's where his picture's taken. All right. Well, football fans obviously been there as well. Whatever. Has you ever been to Amsterdam, Natasha? I have. Lovely city. Was it a, foot, was it a football trip? It wasn't actually for a change. Mm. Um, no, a city break. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've had our uh, differences with the Ajax Amsterdam fans, uh, of course, but I'd recommend it to everybody and I should really do it as an adult. It's been some time since I was uh, over in Amsterdam. We are going to be talking about uh, the week we've just experienced, the week ahead. What Celtic can do to beat Livingston on Sunday? How can we get that monkey off our back? How can we break the hoodoo? Um, because it has been some time since we've done it. Is it as simple as uh, maybe changing plan A? Will he do it? I'm going to pick up on a point you made there, Colin, about Angie's post-matches have become kind of like infamous or famous uh, since he came to Celtic, putting people in their place. Um, quite good to watch at times, quite humorous. Mm-hmm. But... I said the other day, I was talking to JP, I do have a bit of a theory around his post-match interview at Easter Road. And I think that it occurred to me, certainly, you know, before the St Mirren game, that although there is a lot of experience in the side, there's not a lot of Celtic experience. So the starting 11 on Wednesday night, Natasha, only two of the players had 50 or more appearances for Celtic under their belts. And it was McGregor and Taylor. So when Tommy Rogic was asked the question about, you know, the pressures of being top of the league and he, he gave the quip to the, the journalist, fair play to you, Tommy, for saying it. But in actual fact, as a Celtic side going for a league title, the team is fairly inexperienced. And I think this is my theory anyway, and I want to know what you think about it. I think Ange has played an absolute blinder because he knows a lot of these guys have never been in this situation. You've got a guy in Cameron Carter-Vickers who's one of the best players we've had all season, but he's never played more than 30 games for any other club than Celtic and one other team that he was on loan to. So he's inexperienced in this situation going for a league title. And I just think no matter what is thrown at Ange, even if there's a point or a merit in the question, there's no way he's going to turn round and throw the team under the bus. Natasha, what's your thoughts on that? 
yeah, it's when I first heard the comments, I thought it was a bit strange. Um, and then the more I thought about it, the more it started to make sense. He's going to protect these players at all costs. There are nine massive, massive, massive games left this season. And while the club are used to being top of the pile for the last decade, a lot of the players on these pitch aren't. Like you've pointed out, there are only two with over 50 appearances. That's that's so few. So these players aren't used to this and they're not used to the pressure that goes with that. So what Ange needs to do is manage this. We need him managing them over the line here. They've got the ability, they've got the capability on the pitch. They know how to play their football. They know how to play a game plan. They can execute that. It's just about managing them now and what is going to become a more and more pressured environment every time they step on the pitch because the stakes get higher and higher. And it's that part that he needs to man-manage. And that's where his interviews are starting to come into it. It's all part of this man-managing to make sure that they get, he gets them over the line here. And the, the closer we get to it, the, the worse it's going to get for the players in terms of the pressure, really. And that's not only coming from their own expectations of themselves, the club's expectations... The fans in the crowd are getting more and more nervous. We've seen it in the last couple of yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. You feel it a lot earlier nowadays, I think. It starts to happen er- a lot earlier in the games. The crowd get nervous. They get more anxious. They get on the players' backs. The players get more nervous. So there's this cauldron of nerves that's coming as a result of the pressure. And I think what Andrew's trying to do is just manage that, just temper that. And you see it also from Callum McGregor on the pitch a lot. A lot of the time he's telling the players to calm down. You've constantly got clips of him, you know, doing that with his hands, trying to keep it calm. Because if we play our game, if we play our football, if we play to the levels we're capable of, then we can win the games in front of us. It's the context around it that makes it more difficult, and that's what Ange is managing. I think- uh, absolutely. Colin, what's your thoughts on that? I was going to say, Paul, over the last sort of couple of weeks, I think what you've saw is when... We were chasing when we were in second place. We played a, a expansive style of football. We had teams kind of not maybe sitting in as deep. We were getting beyond them. We were finding ways to get in behind. We were playing some really good football. That period from just after the January break, right up till probably the Motherwell game, uh, just as we go top, you're looking at it and you're thinking, that's, that's an exciting brand of football to watch. And then over the last couple of weeks as we have been sitting top of the table, some of the players' performances have dropped and you just wonder if it's the the pressure of never having been in that situation before. So Ange has got to sort of play not just the the coach role here, but he's also playing a father figure to a lot of these young players that are in there. You're looking at guys and your your front line at the minute is Maeda, who's, what, 25? You've got Abada, who's 19, 20, and Jota, who's around about 20 as well. Now, Abad and Jota are probably having some of their not their best run of form in a Celtic jersey right now but at the minute there's no one else that he can turn to so he's got to try and coach these guys and sort of guide these guys through as Natasha says there's nine important games left in this season and we've just got to take it one game at a time but the, the kind of the management and the, the coaching staff this is where guys like Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy, Stevie Woods, this is where you're hoping that these guys step up because they've got the experience. They've been in these title run-ins time and time again and you hope that they can also be someone that these players can turn to and guide them through it because if you get us playing to the best of our ability, there's nobody in Scotland that can beat us. But at the minute, we're just not getting there. It's as if we're we're driving an old Escort that just kind of get out of second gear. We're stuck there at the minute. 
You've been uh, on the Wendy show with, with Kevin too long, with <laughs> analogies like that. Listen, you were talking about the ages of some of the players. It's a good point. Abada, 20 years of age, right? So he's he's one year, not even a year older than uh, Dembele. We look at Dembele as still a youngster, right? Mm-hmm. He's 19. Abada was 19 when we bought him. Uh, on the other side, Jota's 22, same age as uh, Mikey Johnson. And Matt O'Reilly's 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the point is, it isn't so much the age, it's being exposed to a scenario where you've got nine games to go. Most of these guys, they come from clubs where a draw isn't a disaster, a defeat sometimes is expected, right? And then they're thrown into a situation where you need to win the next nine games to win the league. And it's that management of the pressure almost, isn't it? And I know that there are players who, you know, Kieran Tierney was introduced to the Celtic side at 17, but he had gone through the ranks at Celtic and he knew what the mentality was. He knew exactly what the philosophy was at Celtic. These guys don't. Cameron Carter-Vickers, seven loan clubs, I think it is, he's, he's had. Yeah, most so, of the championship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at what point has he ever been at a club where a draw isn't acceptable unless mm. the other mob get a draw later on in the day and a, a defeat is a bit of a crisis? These guys have not experienced that. And I think that's what we're talking about. Now, be wary though, Colin. Declan is in the, the chat, so don't make him jealous by saying that Andrew's a father figure to anybody else. That was Copenhagen. So he's in Copenhagen. He's you know, done a bit of travelling. He hasn't half. Now, I was just going to say there was a fantastic article. I don't know if you've had the chance to see it in The Athletic today with um, Matt O'Reilly's mum and dad. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, they were interviewing him at the, the game uh, there on Wednesday night. And basically, they like Natasha, like Declan, have followed Celtic all over Scotland, all over Europe this season. Um... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And it was the maturity and the level of maturity that he's shown at such a young age. He was someone who knew he wasn't going to get game time at Fulham, mm. so decided not to sign the new deal. He then comes away from it at potentially the worst time in a footballer's career because he's a free agent during COVID. He can't train with anyone. He's got to train himself, keep himself fit. He drops down a level to where he knows he's probably better than where he is, but yeah. he signs for MK Dons. And it doesn't hold him back. And you see that the talent eventually pays through and he gets through to Celtic. Now, there was a, a comment that his mum and dad said that was like, Ange mentioned how he brought in the Japanese players in the end of December. But he threw Matt O'Reilly into that as well. You've got to remember Matt O'Reilly was sort of towards the end of the window when he joined or the second half of the window when he joined. So he's only really been there about four weeks. He's still settling in. And a lot of these players are still settling in. And we've got a title race on our hands. So putting the kind of combination of all this together, having chased for the whole season and now being in front, 
it is time for some of the sort of experienced heads to step up and to, to offer that support to these guys and hopefully have enough to guide us through. Guys like Beaton, Roger, Gregor, guys that have been there and done that before. No, you're right. What I liked about that interview with um, O'Reilly's dad as well um, was the way he talked about Postacoglu and he told the story about how O'Reilly said that he was thinking about it and that he wanted to speak to the manager and his dad agreed that was a good idea, had all these questions for him um, and after five minutes with Ange, Matt apparently said that he'd answered all the questions he had written down before he could even ask them and he was sold on the move that quickly by Ange Postacoglu, which again is a, a great anecdote and speaks volumes to the sort of person Ange is as well and what he can offer these young players in terms of of their career and their development and that's the sort of person you want at the helm when these young players are now going through a really pressurised time and he also said the dressing room is like that as well he, I think his, his dad would refer to it as there's no players with any egos they're all just a hard working good group of guys and that, that's Matt's fitted in right perfectly and that's exactly what we want. We want a manager like that. We want a manager like Ange who can keep keep us calm, keep us level, but manage the players properly in this pressure time. And we need a dressing room who are together, who are aware of the task, with the sort of addition of players that you mentioned, like Rogic and McGregor and Beaton, who are the more experienced heads who can who can help drive us on to where we want to be in, in the next nine games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ange Postacoglu's... Celtic career so far, um, nine months, I think, we're into it. Um, mm-hmm. And you look at the situation he was in when he came in, and we've seen so many people uh, comparing this season to previous you know, regimes, if you like. We've spoken about the turnaround and the points deficit under Martin O'Neill. We've spoken about the 97-98 season under Vim Janssen. And that has been an incredible uh, turnaround and rebuild. And when you look back at some of the uh, Axom broadcasts at around about the time that he took over in the, the first few difficult months, there was a bit of tension. It's like you were saying, Natasha, Celtic fans, because we're so emotionally attached to the club, and it is a crisis if you get beat, we were sitting, I think, first six league games, three defeats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for him to turn that around, not just turn around the results, but turn around the mindset of the players and also the supporters has been an incredible um, turnaround for me. And I keep going back to this. I love the fact that in 1954, Jock's team fell in love with Ferenc Puskas and the Hungarian national side and total football before it hit Amsterdam and all these other places that you visit, Colin, right? And then, fast forward, when Puskas becomes the manager himself, Melbourne Hellas, and his captain is Ange Postecoglou, and Ange Postecoglou falls in love with... Puskas' football philosophy. So, you know, a bit of that's filtered into Jock's team's, uh, Jock's team's play and the way he views the game. A bit of that has filtered into Ange Postecoglou. It's like the magic dust of uh, the great Hungarian sides from the 1950s. And I love all that. Um, and I, I really do think that Ange Postecoglou um, absolutely gets what this means to so many people. And I, I really do think he's protecting his players when he's coming out um, after the, the the performance that wasn't great or excellent, as I think it was called. Tam Milligan, pleasant surprise this wee broadcast. Stuck at work until 10 and a six-mile hike home afterwards. Tell me you're no walking because that sounds horrendous after your work, Tam. But yeah, we will be coming in on a regular basis on a Friday night. Why not, Colin? What else would you rather be doing? Um, on Facebook, just to prove that we do bring up your posts, happy Friday to all the nice people. Hail, hail, Axel. And you know this, we get some really nice uh, emails, DMs, 
tweets, Facebook messages, etc. from a lot of the people that tune in. So thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Uh, we didn't actually announce this. Just get used to the fact that we're going to be out there on a Friday at 6 o'clock. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the no- notification bell. If you're watching it on Twitter, why not retweet it? Share the good word. Joe Porter, you are a very confident young man. The league is already won. We're going to be talking about um, our upcoming fixture with Livingston. We're also going to be looking at the weekend fixtures uh, with who knows wins because we do have a bit of a a quiz that I didn't tell Colin and Natasha about until about two minutes before (laughs) the broadcast. Listen, don't use Google. Don't read the comments. Just give me your answers, right? So we will be getting into that as well. Um, But there was a great point and I think someone else might have made it here, so if, it, if I do find it, I'll bring it up, by uh, Ewan Boy Martin, who's a long-time listener to A Celtic State of Mind. And he messaged us to say that he thinks that Beaton is a better six at the moment and Cal Mack is a better number eight for the running. So I want to discuss that because I've been a huge fan of Hatate. I think he's been brilliant since he's came in. Uh, we all know the fixtures, the lack of rest, etc., etc., Beaton has divided opinion. Some people reckon he's one of the best players in the last decade. Others <laughs> don't think he should be um, at Celtic. I think he's having a fine season at this moment in time. I think he's come in, he's managed games. He said his ups and downs, a couple of sendings off, etc. Um, McGregor, is he better as a holding midfielder? Is he better further up the park? Natasha, I'll come to you first of all. Can you see that being something that Ange will tap into coming into the last nine games? I think so. And I think it's because we're going to need to see a bit of rotation, mostly because you are just starting to see a little bit of fatigue and a little bit of dip in form in players like Hatati. Um, like, like he came in all guns blazing. You know, he looked absolutely brilliant. He got off to a flyer and we were all raving about him, quite rightly so. Has he dipped in form recently? Yes, I think he has. He's not at his best um, and he is probably the player you'd be looking to rotate out. But, you know, that's not a massive criticism of Hitati. We need to remember that he came in off the back of a full season in Japan, didn't really get that sort of pre-season, had to hit the ground running again immediately into into where Celtic were in their season. So it was a big ask of him. And yes, he started brilliantly, but it's almost natural that we expect him now to need a bit of a rest, which leads you to looking at how we reshuffle the rest of that midfield. Um, I don't think Rogic and O'Reilly have worked particularly well together when we've seen them on the field at the same time. So I think for them, it's a one or the other sort of option. So then we sort of then again look at what we've got left. And I think that the logical position you get to ends up being moving McGregor slightly further forward and moving Beaton slightly further back. And I think that gives a little bit more freedom to a player like Rogic or O'Reilly, whoever's making up the other position there as well. Colin, I think that Natasha has given some very good points that a lot of commenters are agreeing with. Uh, what's your view on this? Because I think when uh, Kyogo dropped out at Christmas time on Boxing Day, there was such a disappointment. And then we bring in three Japanese players and Matt O'Reilly, and then it was almost as if the momentum you know, was heightened again. Um, but I made the point, and I think Alan Morrison's written about it, a lot of our creative players have lost a bit of form all at the same time. Very unusual for that to happen at the same time. I don't expect it to continue for the next nine games. Is a change required just now? I actually was speaking about this on Wednesday. Um, when we were doing our predictions for the team and who we would have picked. And, um, I was saying that we should be playing either McCarthy or Beaton in the sixth role because when you're playing a team like St Mirren who are going to stick 10 men behind the ball, 
there is no need for for McGregor to compensate the attacking part of his game to sit there because he's a far better attacking player than what he is at the back. And you saw what happened. We made the change. Near Beaton comes on, goes to the six. McGregor moves up to the eight, and then he goes in the back. He scores. So for me, I would be looking to do that when you're playing teams that aren't necessarily going to come out and have a go at you for the whole 90 minutes. It's maybe different if you're playing a Hibs, a Hearts, a Rangers, maybe even an Aberdeen, maybe not in the form they're on this season. Um, but teams that are set up that won't just talk about sort of putting two banks of five there. If it's two banks of five, beat on your, your number six. If it's a team that's going to come out, then McGregor can come in there because he can interlink the play. Now, when you go back to the last game at the uh, Spaghetti ad earlier on in the season, um, we struggled to create a lot of chances. And I think the only shot on target we had was when Beaton came on around about the 70th minute and played the ball into Ayeti. And it was as close as we got the whole game. Ayeti managed to turn and get the shot away. Livingston's going to line up again like that on um, Sunday. They're going to play two banks of five. Mm. For me, if that is the case then you go beat on uh, McGregor. And I would probably go with O'Reilly as the extra sort of legs. I don't know. I thought Roderick had a good game when he came on. But I think if we can get in behind them, especially if um, Big Jack and Marcus is fit, because I'd be playing him as the, the number nine. I think Maida needs a break already. Um, and I would be hoping that Jota and Abada can get in behind and O'Reilly can make those sort of lung-busting runs into the box to get on the, the end of the crosses as well. So um, for me, beat on number six on Sunday, I would be all for that. I did think O'Reilly was excellent when he came on against Hibs. Uh, but then the flip side of that, I thought Rogic was excellent the other night when he came yeah. on against St Mirren. So it's a flip of a coin for me between the, those two. But I don't think, very much like Rogic and, and Turnbull, I don't think they probably... Uh, fit in the same team. No. It's a good coin to have, though. If they're one yeah. side is O'Reilly and the other side is Rogic, it's a good coin to flip. Um, I think I'd probably just come down on the side of Rogic over O'Reilly for this one. I think the impact that Rogic has had changed the game um, when he came on. Um, and I think that could just be a sign of him starting to get back to some of the better form that we saw a few weeks ago. So I kind of want to capitalise on that, get him in from the start. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we've got O'Reilly to, to bring on if we need but do you not a think a lot of that, Natasha, comes down to the fact that the pace of the game on Wednesday night wasn't necessarily quick? When we've played our best football since January, it's been that sort of free-flowing, it's been moving at a certain pace, and mm-hmm. I just don't think Rodgick's been able to keep up with that. Whereas O'Reilly came in and he sort of just moved straight into that position right away. You saw what he did away at Tynecastle uh, and at home as well against Hibs. I, I think the, the slower pace on Wednesday night helped Rodgick and that helped him get into the game, which meant that he could come off the bench and get up to the speed of the game right away instead of maybe mm. taking an extra couple of touches to get into it. And you saw what happened. Is, is once he gets that touch and he's up and running, he, he skint the boy on the touchline mm. and then played it through to, to Forrest and it was a beautiful pass. And it's just at times since the January break, since we kind of had this unleash of pace, Roderick just hasn't been able to get up there. I mean, he's you know, never been the, the quickest player in the world. He's never been renowned for his pace. But I think on the ball, there's no one with quicker feet on the park at times. No. Um, and that's that's where his attribute lies. So maybe the slightly slower pace of the game helps him with that. Like you said, he does get that 
that time to really shine when he does have all the time in the world. Now, you don't give Rogic all the time in the world on the ball because the things he can do on the ball are absolutely incredible. And like you mentioned there, it wasn't just his usual sort of position that we saw him excelling in when he came on. It's when he played that ball in for Rogic, he's almost acting like a winger there when mm-hmm. he played in for Forrest. Um, and I think if the game had been at another stage, would he have been able to skin someone on the wing like that? It's not really his style, but he he was able to... And I, yeah, I'd have Rogic in on Sunday. We shall see. Um, yeah, we are already half an hour in, uh, which has been uh, a great kind of like surprise <laughs> to quite a few of our regulars. Paddy is cursing us for not telling them that we were going to be on live. Paddy, we will be on live every Friday night. Gary McLeod, hi folks. Nice wee surprise with a cup of tea. Well, why not, as Liam Gallagher would say. Uh, big weekend ahead after hearing Big Ange earlier. I feel we'll be in very good nick after the break for a title running. Um, a point I made the other day as well, we still have players like Turnbull, mm-hmm. Julian, Kyogo eventually to come back into the side. I've got a wee concern about Julian that I spoke about during the week. But I mean, Turnbull and Kyogo will be back at some point in the running. And that'll be a massive boost as well because we're talking about the flip of a coin. That really makes the options available to Ange. Um, you know, it, for me, the, the kind of positivity when you look on the bench and you think, right, things aren't going our way, but there's Tommy Rogic or, you know, Kyogo's coming back. And, and I think that will be absolutely vital. But do you have any concerns, however, Natasha, about the disappearance of Chris Julian? A strange one, I would say. It is a strange one. Um, you know, by all accounts, he was actually at the game um, on Wednesday night. He was in the stands with his agent, which is interesting in itself. Um, but yeah, I'd like to start to see him to get more game time. He obviously needs it. The time, only time that we have seen him, he looked a bit slow, a bit off the pace. Completely understandably, look at how long the guy's been out for. He's going to take time to get back up to pace. But how is he going to do that without game time? Mm-hmm. So and Andrew must know that. So why isn't he getting that game time? Is it because either a we're at a very critical stage of the season and we don't want to upset the balance we've got at the back at the moment, or b because he's not quite ready to go back into match fitness or match scenarios yet? It's one of the two. It wouldn't surprise me if it was the former. I mean, like we've already touched on a million times, we've got nine cup finals coming up. Is that the time to start tinkering with your defence to try and get a guy more match time? Or do you just think, look, Starfield and Carter Vickers have been brilliant. Why would I change that? Why would I mess with that? So maybe there's an element of that to it. But we need to remember that Carter Vickers is on loan. And worst case scenario, he won't be here next season. And Julian will, hopefully, all going well for him. Mm -hmm. So do we want to start seeing Starfield and Julian playing together? And that seems like a crazy suggestion when we've got nine games to go, nine big games to go, and... Carter Vickers is getting talked about for player of the season by a lot of people. Um, So how how can you take him out of the team? You can't at this stage. You just can't. Mm -hmm. So that could explain the the absence of Julian. Slightly concerning that he's not even making the bench um, in case anything happened to one of the centre-halves, especially with Welsh not even being on the bench either. The fact that he's not actually on the bench worries me that it's more of an an injury setback than, than just preference. Yeah, I know. I was looking at that bench. In fact, the only John coming back in there. Um, like you say there, I think Carter Vickers is in the running. He doesn't do the fancy stuff like Jota perhaps does. He doesn't get the goals and assists like uh, Abara does, but he's been so important in that key area. 
and that's why we've got the best defence in the league, Colin. Um, there's been loads of different suggestions flying around in relation to what to do with Julian. I'm, I'm, I'm basically in the category where I trust what Andrew's doing, and I trust that if a player's out of the squad, there's a good reason for it. Um, and, you know, he doesn't... I don't think he makes rash decisions very often. I mean, he, he obviously... We started off the broadcast talking about Norway, um, but it's quite clear that he's prioritised the game mm-hmm. um, against Hibs. Before... We go any further. I do want to mention actually that uh, excelt Frank Connor passed away. Unfortunately, it was sad to hear of Frank's passing. And our thoughts and prayers are with Frank's friends and family at this time. I had the absolute pleasure of meeting him on one occasion, uh, where he was telling me all about his friendship that he had with Neely Mockin. And if you look closely at that picture, when Brian O'Neill scores a winner against Rangers at Ibrox and Lou McCarry's first game. And you see Frank Connor and Neely Mocking and all these guys in the dugout. Uh, Frank, famously, was never defeated as a Celtic manager. He did play for Celtic as a goalkeeper back in the early 1960s. So, uh, a lovely gentleman. He had coached Celtic as well uh, on a few occasions. And we were very sad to hear of his passing. Now... We have um, quite a few questions to get through, so let's get some comments first. If you're watching on YouTube, get yourself subscribing. Make sure you hit the notifications bell. MB, basically, we played extremely well because we were chasing and had no pressure. Now that we're in first, we're a little nervous, and rightfully so. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the if the the nervousness or the or the tiredness and fatigue. Um, are, are two of the, the reasons why you know there have been put, I, I think performances that weren't vintage Celtic performances but uh, I'm sure both of them played their part Patrick McLaughlin comes in also to say I'd like to see the old guard beat on Forrest Rogic start on Sunday do you see him doing that Colin? I can Bringing see the old maybe one or two of those coming in I don't think he'll go with all three mobile phone companies say they offer home internet But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, just on the, the Frank Connor thing, um, uh, it was very sad to see him pass away. He was actually in charge when um, I was born. He was the caretaker when, when I was born. That's uh, uh, that's maybe aged you a wee bit. Dearie, there, dearie me. Hibs yeah. won, uh, Celtic won at Easter Road. That was the day I was born. Interesting, eh? I mean, just a young pop, Natasha. Paddy, sorry, pal. Uh, yeah, six o'clock. On a Friday night, we will be live. And sorry that we didn't give you enough notice. Um, you might have noticed a, a wee logo in the top right-hand corner. We are involved in a league. Um, Colin, did you win any money last week? Tina. Natasha. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> you you won something. Do I have to admit my final position? What were you, a thousandth in the league or something? 
Outrageous. No, 508. Come on. Give me a bit of credit here. Oh dear, five hundred eight. Colin and I were joint eighteenth, I think. Joint eighteenth, yep. Yeah, basically, there's a there's a group you can get involved, and um, they do support a Celtic state of mind. And the app, if you want to get involved, is in the link underneath. So we're going to run through some of the fixtures, but with a Celtic twist. Colin uh, is a bit of a brainiac; he likes the quizzes, so we'll see how well he does. Are you ready for this? No checking Google. No checking the comments. It's a Friday night. I think maybe going forward, we should maybe have a shot challenge. If you know you get the question wrong, you've got to take a shot at something, Colin, just to uh, make the pain a little bit more bearable. Aston Villa versus Southampton. Colin Watt. Who did Aston Villa sell former Celtic striker Alan McAnally to? Big Ramble. German side. Oh. Borussia Dortmund. He reckons Borussia Dortmund. Uh, I'm going to have to pass on to Natasha. Um, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to try and go off sort of Colin's logic. Um, Bayern Munich. You're right. It was Bayern Munich. Natasha, 1 0. 1 0. Close, Colin. No cigar, mate. Natasha, uh, which country, this is a Southampton question, which country does Excel Moel Yunusi represent at international level? Ooh, that is a good question. Switzerland? No, Norway, Norway, Norway. Uh, no, 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 it's definitely Norway. It's definitely Norway. Sorry, you asked me too quickly. I told you I don't bring out the pressure quizzes. It's definitely Norway. You're going to have to get some rules set up for this, Colin. Right. Uh, it is Norway, actually. Yeah, Aston Villa v Southampton. What's your prediction, Colin? What? Southampton's been on a decent run of form uh, recently. Another ex Stuart Armstrong's been performing really well for them. Um, Villa's kind of got that bounce back since Gerard took over. Um, and it's two teams that are probably in the best bit of form on the park, certainly, um, behind Liverpool and City in the league. I can't see a winner in this one. I'd probably have to go for a draw. A draw, says Colin. Natasha? Mm, I'm not going to go the same as Colin, so I think um, that I don't want Aston Villa to win, mm. so I'll go for a Southampton victory. That's fair enough. Uh, I like that. If you want to get involved in the Pick 10 League that Axel are involved in, download the app underneath this video. Next up is Burnley versus Chelsea. Colin XL Andy Payton, who played when you were born, uh, is a Burnley legend. But who did Celtic sign him from? Motherwell. Motherwell. Right. That's, that's a good shout. Nowhere near it, pal. Natasha? Nowhere near it makes me think that we're not even in Scotland. Um, so go, let's go to England. Let's go with Crystal Palace. Closer, but it was actually Middlesbrough we signed Andy Payton from. Colin, I feel a bit bad because I know you were yeah, only born. Me here. I know, I know, mate. Um, I, I, you're right, and Natasha is two nothing up. Uh, what what uh, game shows did you like? I used to love Never Mind the Buzzcocks. That mm-hmm. was my favourite. Loved that. It. It's back. It's back on is Sky it? One. Yeah. Who's on it? No field. No fielding is on it. Um, I'm trying to remember who hosts it now. It's the, but aye, it's been back on Sky now, new season. Need to catch up with that. Loved it. Burnley versus Chelsea. Natasha, Chris Sutton played for Chelsea and Celtic, but how many England caps did he win? Ooh, good question. 
Not many. Colin knows it. Colin, stop Googling. Oh, no. I can, I can see it. I can see the reflection on your face. It's low, isn't it? It's low. What? Googling? It is. It's lower than a snake's belly. <laughs> yeah. And I can't see the comments. Um, <laughs> five. Five caps, says Natasha. Colin, what? How many? None. None. He actually won one cap. He won one cap for England at full international level. And we need to get a prediction. Colin, what? Burnley versus Chelsea? Chelsea, 3-0. Oh. Natasha? 2 now, Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. Excellent. Right, on to uh, Newcastle and Eddie Howe versus Brighton. Colin, name four Celts who have also played for Newcastle. Tommy Johnson? Mm-mm. Nah. Nah. Did I get to jump in? Shea Given. That's a good one. He never actually played with Celtic, but you know what? I think that's a good one, so we're going to give you that. Uh I'm struggling here. I know. I don't think there's been many since I was born. Not a great deal. Uh, Shea Given's a good shout, mate. I did ask for three, though. Uh, Ki Sung Young. He played midfield. Oh, that, by the way, you've pulled another one out of the bag. Well done. Uh, one more to go. I don't know. I don't know if he played for him, but I take it Alan Thompson's the obvious one. Well done. Alan Thompson did that. play. Yes, he did. He played about 20 games for uh, Newcastle. And if you didn't see Axrom's interview with Tom, well, get yourself on the on the channel and subscribe on YouTube because I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, when we went down to speak to him in, in uh, Manchester, Colin, that's a wee point. That's your first point on the board, mate. Well done. Uh, Natasha, mm. you've got the Brighton question. Remember Berem Kayal? Mm-hmm. Israeli internationalist, they played for both Celtic and Brighton, as you know. But which other English club did he play for? Oh, oh that's going to annoy me because I can almost picture him in another strip. Um, it, was, it was a loan deal. He was on loan. Kyle, who else did he play for? I loved Kyle. I thought it yeah, was great. McCulloch really done him, didn't he? Done his mm-hmm. ankle. Yeah. Gonna push me for an answer, aren't you? Um West Ham. It's not West Ham, but you're not a million miles away from the location. Colin, what who else did Kyle play for in England? If you're going not a million miles away, I'm gonna guess a sort of London based team. It was a championship team, I remember that. Um Tension. <laughs> oh, unfortunately not. It was actually Charlton Athletic. Ooh. But it's currently uh, Natasha 2 and Colin 1. But let's get your okay. predictions for Newcastle versus Brighton. Colin. 2-1 Newcastle. Newcastle. Natasha. Yeah, it's hard to see past the Newcastle win. Um, but if I'm going to... I might go for a draw, actually. I don't know if Brighton can't sneak something here. Let's go for a draw. Let's go for a, what, big, a big Shane Duffy. A player there in Alan St. Maximan who is just one of the best talents in that league. It's just unfortunate to be at Newcastle at the minute. But mm. if they get the investment over the summer and they bring the players in, you build a team around that guy because he's just he's next level. And a wee word about Eddie Howe. Glad we didn't get him, Colin. 
Let's move on. Right, Norwich, <laughs> Norwich versus Brentford. Uh, if you want to get involved in the, the, the pick 10 league that Axom's involved in, just download the app underneath the video. Norwich, Colin, Peter Grant played for both Celtic and Norwich. You remember Granty? Mm-hmm. I know you're young, but you remember Granty. Name, <coughs> name three clubs that he's managed. Oft. Um, Dunfermline. Correct. Alloa. Correct. Uh, who else has he managed? Natasha, is he looking at a screen? I'm not looking at anything. Yellow card. Dunfermline, <laughs> uh, Alloa. Partick Thistle? Unfortunately not. You've got two. Any other guesses, mate? Um, it was lower leagues. I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the, the kind of obvious answer then. Did he, was he anywhere needed Norwich job since we're speaking about Norwich here? I'm asking the questions, mate. I'll go with Norwich then. <laughs> Natasha, is that fair enough? Will we give him that? Well, this is it. I'm thinking, right, that's evened it up. It's like one of the poor referee decisions and I'm making it up for the opposition. Right. Uh, Brendan Rogers. Boo. I've just given you the answer rather than the actual question. Shit. Oh, right. Okay. Carl, are you okay with that? I'll take the point. Right, point okay. Each, I need to come up with something on the spot. Right. Ah, oh, dearie <laughs> me. Right. Chris Ayer. Mm-hmm. Which Same. national team does he play for? I'll get it this time. <laughs> I was actually going to say who gave you his debut, right? Because I think most people would have thought Ronnie Dyla because he signed him. So actually, it was Brennan Rogers. Right. Brennan Rogers gave Chris Iyer his debut in Europe. So it was his Celtic debut. It was a European game. Who were the opponents? <laughs> Oh, that's difficult. I don't know. Um, it's a memorable game. Oh, is it? Mm. Memorable Why? game. Unforgettable game, some might say. Well, I've clearly forgotten it, haven't I? <laughs> um, was it one of the terrible ones then? Like something, someone like... This isn't know, 20 questions. Okay, I'm going to go through the team in Gibraltar. Was he, was he part of that? Or... Yeah, that was his debut. That was Chris Ayer's debut. But it was actually the home leg when we beat them 3-0. Three, three so, um, did, did I? Did I? I'll take it. I'm going to take it. I was going to say who gave him his debut. I would have said, I would have put my mortgage on it being Ronnie Dyler. But there you go, it was Brennan Rogers. Let's get a prediction then. Norwich versus Brentford. Colin what? It's a difficult one. It's two teams that are absolutely rank rotten at the minute. Um, Norwich look definitely favourites to go down Brentford haven't won in a long time uh, Dean Smith hopefully looking to turn around the fortunes there he'll need three points on Saturday but I don't know if I had to put money on it it'd be a draw Right I'm going to put you in there for a draw what about yourself Natasha does Axon need VAR <laughs> needs better referees. <laughs> I, I think I need to know that Colin doesn't have anything on his screen here. I know so, there's a reflection on that picture behind you, Colin. Don't forget. No, that's that. fine. Or if you've got the the viewer comments disabled as well, that's I need to know that too. That's what I want for the next round. <laughs> Evidence. We'll do that in a couple of weeks when I'm back. By the way, there's <laughs> another good shout, Vaduka. He did. Uh, I seen one as well, Bellamy. Oh, Bellamy, Roy Aiken, Mark McGee, Darren Jackson. 
There was a few. There was a few. Fraser Foster, of course. Oh, So, Natasha, prediction Norwich versus Brentford. Brentford. I'm going to go for a 1-0 to Brentford. Ivan Tony. Moving on. Right, Wolves <laughs> versus Crystal Palace. Right, Wolves versus Crystal Palace. Colin, we're going to ask you a question about Lee Griffiths because he played for both Celtic and Wolves. Um, he's now at Falkirk. Name three ex-Celtic players who managed Falkirk. Three ex-Celts who have managed Falkirk Football Club. John Hughes. Mm-hmm. John Hughes. Yeah, he did manage them twice. So, <laughs> but you're only going to get one point. He's going to, you're going to get one point for that. Uh, Listen, no, Connor. I know sorry. that it's scaring a lot of people. That's why we're having a wee quiz on a Friday night, just so you can forget it. And as of next week, there's going to be shots involved as well. So don't worry too much about Livy on Sunday. Right. Uh, um, nah. I can only think of Hughes. That's it. You know, you know more than this, Connor. I'm going to be out of pressure on you. You know more than that. I've got five on my list here. Another two. I know, but they're players from your era, mate. Three of them at least. Another three. Uh... He's going to kick himself, Natasha. I'm going to have to throw this over if you didn't give me an answer, mate. I'm not calling here. I'm struggling too. um... Yeah, I'm glad this is your question. Nah. I I think I've had the toughest set of questions. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. There's one that comes to my mind, but I don't even know if it's right. Go for Uh... it. Hartley. Paul Hartley. Paul Hartley, John Hughes, anybody else? Natasha, hey, Nick, the point. Oh, I could get another and steal it. Um, I don't think I've got one. We need to count down. Do, 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 do. Jim Duffy, Stephen Presley, Gary Holt. There you go. Right, Natasha, now on to yourself. Remember Edward. You, you reckon that your questions have been harder, Colin, right? Throw that out to the comments. What do you think? Has there been no any favouritism here? Right. <laughs> right. Odson Edwards signed this season for Crystal Palace, but which Stone Roses record did he buy during his announcement video? Which Stone Roses record did he buy? Now, think carefully about this. It's not a trick question as such. What was the record that he purchased? Oh, it sounds like a trick question. A wee bit. Oh, because I mean that is the answer. The song title is that wrong? Is that an album title? Because it's an album title, I have no idea. Colin, do you know? I'm not asking you quite yet. I'm no, going to give you no. one final chance there, Natasha. Well, I've only got "I Want to Be Adored," so and I feel like it's going to be a trick question, and that's not going to be the answer. So. You're right, it's not the answer. Uh, sorry, Kevin14 also thought it was a wannabe adored. That's not the record he purchased in the shop when he signed for Palace. Colin, can you tell me which record he bought? I don't know, is it the self-titled one, the Stone Roses? Is that it? Is, it actually is, I. That's well the only done, one I know. Uh, no, that's, that's the Charlatans, but well done. Right, there we go. Colin, you get the point. Wills versus Crystal Palace. Colin Watts. Wolves 2-0 and I don't think Edward will start again I don't know what's going on down there at the minute but he's just totally out of favour and what about yourself Natasha? yeah I think I'm going to have to agree with Colin on this one Wolves Liverpool versus West Ham Colin Watt who has already been moaning that he's getting the harder questions (laughs) who scored for Celtic when we drew with Liverpool 2-2 
in the 1997 UEFA Cup. A lot of people agreed with you there. Um, Owen, Owen Coyle never played for Celtic, Liam. He was a big Celtic fan. Never got a chance to play for us, though. Probably played in the Masters football, it was about. He did, aye. Uh, I could not tell you. Welcome oh. back, Natasha. Good journey, could not tell you. Did I get a steal? Yeah, I, I think Natasha knows this, I can tell. Right. <laughs> That's all right. Wait, wait till I get it wrong now. <laughs> It's like a tag team. The two the two goal scorers were yeah, a tag Matt team. Yeah, and Donnelly. Correct. Colin, come on, mate. And it hey, looked as I though... Oh, didn't give me that. Didn't give me that, honestly. Um, it looked as though we were going to win. But you never watched the old videos, mate. Natasha. Mate, when have you got time? Natasha. You try to watch all the stuff that's on this channel. That's true. Well done. Well said. That was a good comeback. Uh, was Frank McAvaney... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Who played for both Celtic and West Ham famously. Was he found guilty, not guilty, or not proven after being sent off against Rangers in November 1987? And that was the famous case that went from the football park to the court. Was Maka found guilty, not guilty, or not proven for a breach of the peace? Not proven. I'm going to have to throw that over to Colin, unfortunately. That's not the correct answer. Colin? Not guilty. Not guilty. Big Macca got a not guilty. Um, Graham Roberts got a not proven, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And Ferguson got found guilty. Big Butcher. Was a Butcher? I thought it was Ferguson. What about your predictions? Liverpool, West Ham? We're going to have to go for a Liverpool win, aren't we? Liverpool Absolutely. says, Natasha. Okay. Absolutely, and hopefully another title on its way to Anfield. You're a Liverpool fan, Colin? I am indeed. Oh, yeah. What's your yeah. English team, by the way, Natasha, if you have one? So I have an English team. I've got yeah. two teams, Celtic and Celtic women. They are my only two teams. <laughs> Superb. Celtic beer playing tomorrow, aren't they? Yeah. Rangers. Yeah, it's three on, yeah? yeah, on the past to paradise, yep. Right, Natasha, when are we getting to watch in... Um, Full Technicolor live, the Celtic woman at Celtic Park. 
When are we getting yeah, to Yeah, exciting, isn't it? The the 26th of March um, is the game. That, remember, we were all promised a free Celtic women game at Celtic Park on our season ticket as some of our added value um, going back to those days. But yes, so the game is now coming up. It'll be the international break. So it'll be the 26th of March at Celtic Park. Celtic against Hibs in the league. The... The tickets are free, guys. So if anyone's got a season ticket out there, all you have to do is go onto your online e-ticketing platform and and request the ticket for the game. I would encourage everyone to do it. Um, let's get a good turnout as possible along at Celtic Park for that. Um, and and support the girls and Fran. I know they massively appreciate the support and they're really really looking forward to this game and hoping for a good turnout of of fans. So I hope we can go along and and give them that support. And there's one thing you missed out of that. It's a three o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> three o'clock on a Saturday. Get into oh the routine God. of going to the games, pub beforehand, into the ground. Why not? Okay. Exactly. It's a great thing. It's going to be a great experience for the team and for Fran as well. Fran's, you know, there's just something about him that, you know, you're drawn to him. He's a very charismatic and likeable character. Next game, what are we doing here? Uh, yeah, we're doing a wee bit of the top 10 picks on Who Knows Wins. Download the app underneath the video. Derby versus Barnsley. Colin. Colin Kazim Richards, remember him? Then he gave me the nonsense. Then he gave him the nonsense that it was before your time. Yeah, I'm saying he, so good they named him twice. Exactly. Was, was he Kazim Kazim over in Turkey? Was he? Uh-huh. On his jersey or just oh, aye, on his press? jersey? Kazim Kazim. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, who else supports an English team? Kevin. Kevin comes in. Kevin Craig supports Tottenham. Seen a couple Absolutely. of West Ham fans in the comments as well. West Ham yeah. fans as well. I'm the new Anne Robinson. Every time I get called somebody, it's a woman. I don't know what you're trying to tell me there, Paddy. Katie Lang's another one. Who's the other one? Leanne Dempster. Mm-hmm. Yep, there we go. Derby versus Barnsley. Call him Kazim Richards has represented which country 37 times? I just mentioned it there, Turkey. Aye, I know, but you never answered the yeah. question. Right, fact, you get that it's one. It's actually called Takaye now. They changed the name of their country. In the last couple of weeks. You're not getting a bonus point for that. Uh, Natasha, Mick McCarthy, who formerly played for Celtic and Barnsley, started off at Barnsley. He signed for which French club when Celtic sold him? That's a tough one. I'm going to say that is probably the toughest question of the round. Who did Mick McCarthy go to? Have a stab, have a stab. French Mm. club. Marseille. Marseille. Unfortunately not. Colin Nonce uh, No It was actually Leon oh. Big Mick McCarthy Signed for Leon But uh, good effort Prediction Derby versus Barnsley Colin what um, I'm going to back Derby here I like the underdog I think what they've done So far this season Considering the points Deduction has been Admirable uh, And Wayne Rooney's really Sort of grown into The manager role I'll give him the 1-0 victory 1-0 And uh, Natasha What do you reckon Is going to happen I look like a draw for me. I'm going to go for a draw. I have no idea. I'm glad nobody's asking me. Right, Paul Cockwell likes Liverpool. There he goes. I've got a bit of liking for a Liverpool as well. Hull City versus West Brom. So Colin, Sean Maloney, who obviously Mm -hmm. played for both Celtic and Hull City, was born in which country? Sean Maloney was born in Malaysia. Oh, well done. Would you have got that, Natasha? Yes, actually. After a wee bit of thinking, I think I might yeah. have that, that, that obscure fact. Yeah. Not as difficult as I thought it was. Right, West Brom. 
Nothing springs to mind about West Brom Celtic players, but I did find one. From which French club, there's a wee French vibe going on here, <laughs> did Celtic sign Marc Antoine Fortuny from? You've had a couple of really hard questions, Natasha, so Colin, I'm sorry. I'm calling to the complaint, i just putting yeah. that out there. Um, get, do I get, like, what do you get on, like, who wants to be a millionaire? Get, do I get a 50-50? Or, <laughs> I could give you a clue. <laughs> I could give you a clue. The name of this club was also the name of an infamous couple from the punk scene. <coughs> that, that doesn't help. <laughs> the 1970s punk scene. You know that's well beyond my time. He's trying to age you then, Natasha. That's the <laughs> what age do you think I am? <laughs> if I know it, then a lot younger than me, probably. There we go. Oh, there's yeah. lots and lots of people coming in and not one person has got it right so far. Um, I don't, I don't know this one. Let's go for Marseille again. It's not Marseille. I'm sorry, Colin. I mean, none of the teams in the French league that I can think of sound like a couple's name. To be perfectly honest, so well, it's the name of one half of a couple, right? So you've got like PJ and Duncan, right? right? Okay. Okay, so it's a half of a punk 1970s couple. They weren't punk, PJ and Duncan. That was just... No, I know that. <laughs> I, I, uh, Got a lot of fans coming on on Friday night, Natasha. Half pint. No. Um, nah. Nancy. Obviously, Sid and Nancy, Sid Vicious, Sex Pistols. Come on, oh, tell okay. me you've heard of them. Here, tell me you've heard of them, right? <laughs> Hull, Hull City and West Brom, Natasha. Prediction. I am going for a Hull City victory. Hull City. Colin? 2-1 West Brom. West Brom, okay. Put that one in the mixer. Nobody, oh, actually, sorry, Liam Collow got Nancy. Well done. Hopefully you're doing it from memory. Or was it my, it was obviously, look at that, it was obviously my (laughs) clue. Uh, Everybody got it after my clue, look. There we go, Sean Curran. Charlton versus Sunderland. Colin, Tony Watt. Played with Celtic and Charlton, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He made his uh, one and only international appearance against which country in 2016? Capped for Scotland in 2016, but who were we playing? It's interesting they wasn't at Celtic at that point then, so he'd moved on from them. Mm. Um... Israel, we play them all the time. <laughs> it's not Israel. Natasha, can you steal a wee, a wee point here? It's a, it, is a, it is a nation we've played quite a few times fairly recently. Who have we played a lot recently apart from Israel? No, I wouldn't say as much as Israel. We play them every other week, but <laughs> um, it is a club, a, a, a nation that we've faced a few times. England? Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Right, Natasha, I promised I had a question about Paddy Roberts, so here it is, right? (laughs) Paddy Roberts now plays for Sunderland, Mm -hmm. uh, but not on loan. Um, (laughs) This is difficult, by the way. This is hard. How many many clubs clubs has Paddy Roberts played for on loan? How many clubs has he played for on loan? (sighs) 
Liam is a quiz master. Liam is so good. We might have to get him on live, right? So that's that we good. know he's Liam, not Googling Liam can, it. Liam can right? cover me next week. Yeah. I'm, I'm between... Mm, have I forgotten someone? Maybe seven? Paul thinks it's seven. Paul Cockwell thinks it's seven. Is that a good sign? T-Bone McCabe thinks it's seven. Scott thinks that, but it's not. Now, I've got to say how many clubs, not how many loan deals. He's been on loan to Celtic twice, so that's mm-hmm. one. He was at Celtic. That's one club, right? So that was close. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, Colin? I'm going to go with six. It was actually six. That's, well done, that's Colin. That's outrageous, that steal. I'm not giving him a point for that. <laughs> I, generally, I generally was thinking six. I was trying to work them all out. The well, one to, C- the Celtic, Girona, yep. Norwich, Middlesbrough, Derby, yep. and I don't know how to pronounce this, but the team, Troyes. Troyes. Uh, France, yeah. Yep. So there you go, well done. Uh, and what about a prediction, Charlton v Sunderland? Sunderland kind of brought it out of nowhere last week um, to win. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to back them and let's hope for another season of Sunderland till I die on Netflix because that was brilliant. Right, Liam. We actually think you're Googling all these answers, mate. So we're going to get you on loan. We're not going to get you on loan. We're going to get you on live at some stage just to uh, test your knowledge. Um, yeah, and Aidan McGeady still plays with Sunderland as well. Uh, his contract's up at the end of the season. Looks as if they're going to let him go. So you're going to go for Sunderland, mate? I'm going to go Sunderland win. Natasha? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I suppose that Robert's going there is going to be a relatively good replacement for, for Mickey Deep when he, he finishes, isn't he? Or maybe that's the thinking behind that one anyway. Well, Robert's contract's, Robert's contract's up in the summer as well. <laughs> Rob so, Robert's with Sunderland? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Short, short-term deal. It's a shame what's happened to him. He's now twenty-five. It looks as though he's wasted a few years of his career. Should have stayed where he was at Celtic, right? Now this is a ten pick. It's Saturday games, which means Celtic can't be included. So we're going to throw in the other game, Rangers v Aberdeen. Colin, name two clubs. No, don't bother. Um, don't bother naming two clubs. Stephen Presley played for both clubs, Celtic uh-huh. and Rangers. Who did Celtic sell him to? You remember he was part of the Rickerton Three? Rickerton with Three. Paul Hartley, with Craig, Craig Gordon, Gordon. Bit of a Hearts legend. Comes to Celtic. Under Gordon Strachan, but where did he go after Celtic? Down south is where he went. He never stayed in Scotland. Second part of that was right. Ooh. Oh, so you never went... Oh, okay. Nah, pass. No idea. Natasha? Oh, no, because I have no idea. I would have assumed England. Um, No idea. He did... He he went to Denmark. He went to Randers. Mm. He went to Randers, so no one gets that point. Natasha, we're going to ask you a question about Scott Brown. Scott Brown is one of only 12 Celtic players to make 500 or more competitive appearances for the club. There's only been 12 of them. Bruni is one of them. Name three others. 
I don't want to get one wrong, so I'm just going to take a minute over this. Um, but I have to go with Billy McNeil. Correct. As one. Who are the others that I want to go for to make sure that I don't slip up here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just going to pick one that's just sneaking in under that. So we've got Billy McNeil, then we can go for Lennox. Bobby Lennox. Correct. And who else will we go for to, to keep it safe? Um, McStay. Paul McStay, yes. Paul McStay is the second in that, that list. And that's mm-hmm. that ridiculizer shouted out uh, Paul McStay. Now, Sean, the reason I'm bringing this up, Jimmy McGrory didn't play 500 or more competitive games for Celtic, but only because back then, right, you'll remember, we've got players now like Bruni who was playing you know, a dozen, 15, 18 European games a season at times. There was no European football in Jimmy McGrory's time. There was no League Cup and the Glasgow Cup and the Glasgow Charity Cup in which he did play are not counted in the competitive games list, Sean. So unfortunately, Jimmy McGrory's not in that list, which is It's like the whole Pele having scored a thousand goals thing, but a lot of them are friendlies. Yep. Or times he was called up for the Brazilian Uh, Army. uh, Lunchtime at school and all that, scored a Uh. (laughs) hat-trick. Billy McNeil, Paul McState, Roy Aiken, Danny McGrain, Pat Bonner, Alec McNair, Bobby Lennox, Scott Brown, Bobby Evans, Jimmy McMenemy, Jimmy Johnston, and the late, great Tommy Burns. There's your 12 players who've played more than 500 competitive games for Celtic. Let's get a wee scores on the doors then. Natasha, let's have a look. One, two. Anybody keep my score for me? Yeah, I think I'm winning. Four. <laughs> We've not got a prediction yet for the Aberdeen game. Five. Mm-hmm. You've done pretty well, to be fair. You've got six. You've got six, right? I'll take it. Colin. How much have you got? Got off to a bad start, didn't you? One, two. <laughs> I need I need someone to keep a scorecard. Three, four, five, six, seven. No! Colin, yeah. Colin, Watt, Colin Watt comes back to win 7-6. Let's get a prediction for the Rangers-Aberdeen game. No chance. I want a recount. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trump. <laughs> Colin. Uh, no, what? We'll finish this on a high. Let's say that Aberdeen, even as the team... With the worst form in the league, they're going to get something at the weekend. I'll go with one each. One each. Oh, I'd like to see that. What about yourself, Natasha? Now, am I playing for, for points in the competition or am I never going to... No, nah, I, I can't predict the Rangers victory. I don't want to do that. Um, one, <laughs> one nil Aberdeen. Oh, I love it. Well done. There we go. We have been playing... Uh, the pick 10 on Who Knows Wins. It's on an app. Get involved. Axom's team. I think about 12 years are part of it. Mm-hmm. Colin and I were joint 18th last week so we are the tipsters and hopefully we can uh, get a good result this week as well Colin the final prediction of course is Livingston against Celtic and we've been asking the question all week whether or not Celtic can bust the hoodoo the hoodoo? the hoodoo rather um, which has spanned back I've forgotten how many years it's spanned back but several 2006 two th- I, I, I feel even believe that that's happened we can we the win cup in 07 but the league was 06 that's 06 it's, ter- it's, it's a terrible a terrible record Natasha can we put it right on Sunday 
course we can. Um, there's no other option, really. We we can put it right. And I think I don't know if it's helpful to to be dwelling on the, the how long it's been since we we won there. We all know the stats. We all know how long it's been. But listen, we're a completely different prospect there. We're even a different prospect that we were earlier in the season with different players available to us. We. We know better now how to play against teams who are going to set up like Livingston are. I think we're kind of getting more and more used to that, and Angie's getting more used to that as the as the year goes on. And we we have to break it eventually, don't we? Um, I think we'll play quite safely. Um, I think we'll see a lot of safe performances between now and the end of the season as he just looks to get the the result over the line. And I think what the key factor for me is going to be this time around against Livingston is hopefully the potential of having Giacomacchus back. I think that's going to be massive for us. I think he's exactly the sort of striker that we want to play against Livingston and the sort of striker that we've been missing um, when we've tended to go there. He's a sort of big, strong striker that defenders hate to play against. So if we can get him back, and I think, I hope that we do, it's going to be massive for us. Yeah, I mean... Yakimakis came in for a bit of stick on Axon, didn't he? Um, but he's a player, Colin, that I think will be vital if he comes back. If he does come back from his illness, would you start him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if you get 60, 75 minutes out of him, you've got to start him up there. He's someone who, as Natasha said, he's a sort of big influence up front. He doesn't necessarily win a lot of headers or get shots on target from uh, crosses that come in. But what he does do is he draws the defenders into him and leaves a lot of space behind him. And that's where we've seen guys like Abada getting in at the back post to score a lot of times this season. Jota being able to cut inside. Um, and uh, hopefully, as we see McGregor playing a bit further forward, it leaves that space at the edge of the box where we can take the sort of pop shot from. So whether it will be Hitati, um, who's shown he can do it this season, or McGregor as well, um, I think you're going to need to see a lot of um, different opportunities being taken on Sunday. I don't think we're going to try and be able to pass the ball into the back of the net the way we've been trying over the last couple of weeks. We're going to need to take shots from the edge of the area. We're going to need to drive at them. We're going to need to keep the high balls low, as has uh, been famously <laughs> said on here before. Yeah, we, we do. Just... Because we don't, we don't have the aerial prowess if, if Mark no. Yakimakis doesn't make it, Colin. And, f- and for me, I'm going to throw in a wild card I'm going to have Anthony Ralston at right back with Juranovic at left back. He's fight is how long's it taken, Natasha? Eight months, nine months? Colin is in the Tony Ralston fan club. Well done. Sean Curran reckons we'll score four. I see a lot of optimism, which is tremendous. I also see a lot of people telling us maybe we fibs, Paul. You got twelve <laughs> right, we'll see. Um if anyone wants to bad. Get involved, get involved, get the app downloaded and if you start doing well, maybe you should come on the show live so that we can double check, maybe even start doing this from the studio on a Friday night, but then it may get messy because we do have a bar in the studio as well. Uh, Frank Brennan made a fantastic point, I'm going to try and find it as the last point of the evening he was talking about, um, here we go. This is the last thing to ponder. In the 1920s and 30s, there was no League Cup or Europe for James Edward McGrory. And still, in 2022, the UK's best ever goal scorer and still no statue of him outside Celtic Park. Frank, I love the sentiment. I would love to see it. Maybe once we uh, get the museum and all that built, there will be a lasting uh, tribute to Jimmy McGrory. Colin Watt and Natasha uh, Michael have been joining us for the first Friday night with a Celtic state of mind of this type. We will be here every Friday night at six o'clock. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you to Colin and Natasha for joining me on a Celtic state of mind.
Technology lets you monitor your dog over your phone as he destroys your couch. But to monitor threats to your hybrid workforce, you need more than technology. You need CDW to assess risks and arm your team with pre-configured HP notebooks equipped with HP Wolf Security. AI-enabled threat detection, built-in security, and remote management keep your endpoints safe 24-7. Unlike that antique vase. HP makes always-on remote security possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash HP. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.